Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. In the shitty city of Wilmington, we keep it rocking. So come on, shake, shake it for me, Kelly. Yeah. Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Easy E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Pooh Boy is down with us. Toddy P and Spade, they're down with us. My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us. I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from. Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum. My name is Dre, listen while I play. And by the way, I'm also down with NWA. Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us. Slanging funky tapes, it is a must. We're number one. Yo, welcome back everybody to Rodeo Radio episode 34. And uh, before I introduce my next special guest, um, I want to talk about something uh, really quick. The Rodeo Mixtape documentary that can be uh, found at documentary.com for unlimited streaming. And I want to thank everybody that submitted their videos. What I did, I asked everyone to do a 20 to 30 second video review of what they thought about the documentary so that we can uh, play during the commercial breaks when we do our podcast. So far, the response has been overwhelming. So I want to thank everybody for tar- participating and you still can do it. Uh, uh, um, you know what? We can never have enough. So once again, if you have not seen it, you can get it at documixery.com. Uh, it's a three hour documentary, uh, directed by me, uh, shot by, uh, John motherfucking Elkins and my boy DG, DG Media Clips. Uh, once again, I'm running out of these mixtapes. So if you want to pick them up, pick them up at documixery.com, all four of them for, uh, 25 bucks. Okay. Um, and I'll ship them out to you as soon as possible. Uh, other than that, you can reach us on all major, uh, platforms, whether it, it's, uh, Spotify, whether it's, um, you know, whatever. As a matter of fact, if you guys don't find us on any, all platforms, let us know and we'll make sure we get it on there. But we are on all major platforms. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce my good friend, um, the face of LA, Baldacci. Sir, Thank you for coming, brother. Likewise, brother. Appreciate uh, you. I, I truly appreciate, uh, you, you, uh, coming and doing this interview. Um, like I said, man, uh, I've been looking forward to this and I thank you for coming. Um, other than that, man, you know, before we get into it, before we get into what have you done, what are you working on and what can we expect in the future? Yeah. I pretty much want to touch on how was your weekend, man? It was pretty cool. Like, you know, I stayed home pretty much, relaxed a little bit, had a lot of interesting things going on throughout the week and just kind of catching up and relaxing a little bit. You know what I mean? But still, it's, it's, it's a nonstop. It's nonstop with me. You know what I mean? It's right. just go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, so, I get it. I get it. Do, 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 let, let me ask you this. Do you do any cardio? Do you work out? Do you do any of that kind of at stuff? At the moment, I don't. I'm not even going to sit here in front. I, <laughs> it's just I'm so caught up with everything that I'm doing. It kind of barely gives me time to do anything, you know? Yeah. Which I do want to get back into and, you know, get, get to moving again. Because, yeah. man, after coming home from, you know, being away a long time, in there, it's, it's a lot easier than it is out here. You know what I'm saying? You don't have all the extra time on your hands like that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. out here, in there, you do. That's dope, man. Well, mm. you know, uh, um, I, I mentioned in other shows before that I'm about to be 52 years old. Uh, I still feel like I'm 28. Right. You know, I still have the energy of a 28 year old. You know, so I try to 
get my workout in every like at least five days a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? By by the way, my my least fa- favorite to do is legs. I fucking can't stand right, legs, man, but I still legs do it. Suck. Yeah, that was but, the day uh, I skipped every <laughs> every time in prison. That was the day I that was my skip day. Huh? Was the legs? Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, now let me ask you this: uh, uh, wh- wh- Where was uh, Baldacci uh, raised? Where did you grow up at? I grew up in, in Florence, in the um, you know South Central area, South Side of LA. You know. Okay. And Florence have you community. always lived there? Yeah, since a child. I was basically I was born in Inglewood, California. But from Inglewood, California, the day we left the hospital, I was brought to a street called Converse, and that's in the city of of LA in South LA, Florence District. You know. Oh, okay. And I, I, I was raised there. Everything there. Okay. That's where everything took place. That'll work. And uh, <clears throat> what elementary school did you attend? I went to uh, <clears throat> I went to a lot of elementary schools actually because you know I was getting in so much trouble growing up it was it was kind of rough for me you know a lot of people didn't start that early you know what I mean but the, a lot of us did so yeah I went to uh, Marimani Elementary I've been to um, Lillian Street School I've been to San Miguel and Southgate I, I went to a few of them but Marimani was like the home base where I started getting kicked out at. Okay, and and uh, what about junior high or middle school? Junior high, I went, uh, I went to Edison. Again, I went to <clears throat> so many, but the ones that are like in the center of my neighborhood and my where I grew up at um, was like Edison. That's one of the ones I went to. I went to Drew. I went to um, um, Southgate Junior High, and then a bunch of different like uh, probation schools and like uh, like. Um, you know, schools that try to get you straight. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, I right. just, I was, I was, I was a fuck up, man. You know? Hey, man. You know what? To a certain extent, I was too. In junior high school, every fucking day, you could find me in the detention. Right. Every damn day. You know, I didn't mind because some of the girls I used to like used to be in detention. So yeah, yeah. I was cool with so that. You were chilling. And, and high school? High school, I went like made very, very little bit of high school because I started going to jail after that. But mm-hmm. um, I went to Fremont. Okay. High school, which is also part in our in our area right there you know it's like in the dead center of a lot of where everything goes on you know but i went to jail real i was i want to say like i went to fremont for maybe like a month and after that it was just juvenile hall juvenile hall and then just right making my steps on up to different bigger prisons and bigger jails you know (laughs) and and like uh, as a youngster at all did you play any kind of sports pop warner football baseball Uh anything like that I did, but not like in no school or nothing like that. If right. we played sports, it was like on the street with the homies right. or baseball with, with the homies on the street or sometimes we'll go to the school and play, but not with the school. You know what I'm saying? Like we'd go after or, you know, my friends would play basketball. So we would always go and just different types of uh, little activities to keep keep ourselves occupied before all the other extra right. stuff started, you know, right. taking over our lives. You, you know, and and. The reason why I ask questions like this, and I like to differ myself from all different other podcasts, is because right. uh, for me, it's important that people get to know you as a person and not necessarily just as an artist. Right. You know, and I believe that that's important uh, uh, that we people actually uh, sometimes when I mention who's going to be on my podcast, they have their preconceived ideas about a certain person. Right. And then you know what happens after they hear their story and they hear Change, them talk changes their mind, changes everything. Right. And, and, and if I can do that with people when they come here, because I think a lot of times people have the wrong idea about a certain person. Right. You know, and when they hear them talk, uh, they hear their story, you know, they think, I fucked up. I shouldn't have thought that. I shouldn't have said yeah. that, etc. It opens up their mind, you know. Yes, it's yeah. also a good thing to see from my behalf. Like I, 
it happens all the time. You know, people look at me a certain way and they're just like, oh shit. Like, and then they get to talking to me and it's just a story changer. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like now they like me. Now they're hugging on me and <laughs> you know, they're my friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it all, it is what it is. Everybody has their opinions. Everybody has their, you know, their input and I respect positive and negative input. It's all good. Yeah. You know, it's all love to me. You, you know, as a kid growing up here in the city of Wilmington, uh, I have, I have five brothers, four sisters, right. but for some reason, I grew up with a lot of hate, a, a lot of anger, and I never knew where that came from, you know? Right. So, and one time I spoke to a very wise man and uh, he shared with me, he said, uh, if you learn to stick your hand out, he said, you will be surprised how many people are willing to shake it. Right. And I never wanted to do that. So I started practicing right. on people, you know, hey man, how you doing? How you doing? Before you knew it, I began to change, you know, right. from, from the... Uh, inside out, if you will. Uh, um, it, it, now, you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have. Um, I have a few brothers. I got three brothers actually. I got two that are, you know, close to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then I got one that's he. You know, he's from a different a different mother, so mm -hmm. he's. I don't see him too much or whatnot. And I have one older sister as well. That's dope, man. Yeah. You know, uh, again, like I said, I had uh, older brothers and. The sad part is that I have one younger, and he's the one that I'm probably the closest to. Right. I wish I could get closer to my older brothers, but ever since our parents passed away, yeah. everybody decided to pretty much move on. Yeah. And I come from a big family where our Christmas and our Thanksgivings were popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but when my mother passed, you know, it, everybody just did their own thing. Like but, things changed and stuff. Yes. Huh? Yeah, it's hard. I'm, I'm I'm close with pretty much all of my my brothers. Like I said, except for the one that. He's not with us, but I got my little brother. He's doing life in prison. And then, um, but my older brother, he's home now. He, you know, he came home recently and, you know, we're good. You know, growing up, <clears throat> we always have the ups and downs between all of each other. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it is what it is, but it ain't ever separated us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We tried our hardest to keep it still there. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah and I understand. Thing. I know it gets hard though. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, now growing up either in school or at home, did you play any instruments? Um, no, never. never? I, I never played any instruments at all. Like, I, I just, I love the sound of instruments. I just never tried to pick up a, a, a instrument and try it myself. You know what I mean? But right. the sounds and, and they, they motivate me, you know, to do what I do. Right. You know, right. music. I love the sound of music. You know, in elementary, I was given a damn flute one time because that was my first instrument in, in elementary to, yeah. to play. And I used to come home and I didn't know what the hell I was on. Like, woo! Yeah. My mom would take that shit and hit me over the head with it every time. <laughs> so I took it back to school. So I was like, I ain't bringing that shit back yeah. no more. But now, uh, um, as far as uh, music is concerned, what type of music would you say as a kid that you grew up listening to at home? Like, what would it, either your mom or your dad or your yeah. brothers would play? Well, like my mom and my dad, of course, they you know they listen to oldies, you know, and mm -hmm. and I, I like oldies. I only like I like oldies to like a certain extent, though. It's right. like I have to have rap music all day. You know what right. I mean? Like. But oldies, there's there's times that I'll sit back and I'll pump, you know, put some oldies on and bump some oldies for a little bit, you know. But mm -hmm. it's been pretty much rap and, you yeah. know, of course, hip hop, R and B, that type of stuff. Growing up, like I, I listened to like a lot of that. Okay, and growing up, <clears> you ever <throat> break dance with pop? Nah, that was like a like I think a like a, a like right before me, you know what I mean? That era right there, the like the break dancing and stuff like that. Okay, like more in my older brothers and 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 a little bit older than him era, you know what I'm saying? But, right. Yeah, like, I like it. It looks dope. I right. never tried it, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, okay, since you mentioned hip-hop, uh, what would you say were some of the earliest uh, rap uh, slash hip-hop songs that you heard that, like, what the fuck was that, that you were gravitated to? Like, 
Well, yeah, of course, like the um, Tupac, the you know, Easy okay. E, Ice Cube, Dre, you know, like all that. That era was was when everything was going on around when me when I was growing up. You right. know what I'm saying? And of course, I was attracted to that. You know what I'm saying? Like right. just that gangster rap. You know, and it just that's that's what it was that, right. that at that time. You know. Now, was that from the radio? Would you say uh, your earliest uh, recollection? 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 Oh, how do I? memories of hearing rap would you say was from the radio was it from your brothers was it somebody just cruising down the damn street and you were like i think i mean we would hear it of course on the radio but then it wouldn't have no bad words or nothing like that so we would have to go by the the, the tracks that had the, the bad words because that's what we <laughs> were was trying to hear you know so right and yeah of course my you know my, my brothers and all of us pretty much listened to the same thing you know what i mean right. something like my older brother he's a little bit more in tune with the oldies he loves oldies you know what i mean right, right. I, and like I say I like them, I can't say I love them, you know what I right. mean? Like, they're dope to me, you know what I mean? But it's just something that I can't sit and listen to constantly, you know what I mean? Right, I could only right. listen to so much of them, and then I'm back to, like, rap music. But rap music I could listen to all day. Right. See, like, to me, growing up, uh, oldies was a big part because uh, when my parents had came from Mexico, uh, my brother was uh, uh, pretty much uh, raised in Compton. Right. Okay, my oldest brother, I think he's in his late 60s now, if I'm correct. And that's all he bumped was oldies. Yeah. So I can listen to him, but I'm a lot like you. I can't listen to him all damn day. Mm. But I also listen to a lot of R&B. I also listen to uh, uh, also a lot of classical music that a lot of people may not know. I listen to a lot of hip hop, but I listen to a lot of everything. Uh, a little bit of Spanish, but mostly the stuff that my mom would listen to right, right. because it just brings back good memories. That's where it comes know, from, of, yeah. Yeah, of her. Uh, so what? at what point and possibly at what age would you say that um, you got interested or like, I'm going to start trying to rap, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the pencil mm -hmm. to the paper and start writing? Right. Um, it's it's kind of hard to say. I mean, at, at the age of 13, like I know I, I was already wanted that in my mind you know what i mean of course i didn't think that i had what it took you know what i mean like right. at all like i just sat here and listened to their songs and kind of try to take their songs and put them in my own form you know being similar you know what okay. i mean like most people of course everything comes from somewhere you know what i'm saying right. whether people take that style and switch it up a little bit or add something to it or you know and i started at that age but doing like hood parties and shit you know what i mean okay. 13 14 15 in that little era but i you know jail like had a lot of a lot to do with me not being able to actually pursue what i what i really wanted to do you know what okay. i'm saying like i knew i i had that music you know in my veins and and right. i wanted to push forward with it but i just couldn't because i was living pretty much that double life as far as one foot in and one foot out you know yeah. what i'm saying and it, yeah. it it was hard for me. Did, did, did any of your brothers, uh, uh, did you have any support in your family as far as like when you wanted to rap and you know, that's what you wanted to pursue? Even as a youngster, right. they, they'd take you around and say, you know what, I'm going to have you rap over here or right. I'm going to show my homeboy that you can rap type of deal. Did they show yeah. you any kind of support? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was more like when I would go rap at like the hood parties, you know what I'm saying? If they were there, then of course, you know, they're, they're dancing to it. They're, they're showing me that love. But I never, like I said, when I was younger, I wasn't able to take it really too far other than right. just the hood parties you know what i'm saying but when right. i came home from prison and you know i had the mindset of making music the proper way of course they've been supporting me you know to the okay. fullest okay and about what age would you say was the first time you actually got incarcerated um i was 13 i was about to be 14 years old i, I went to um 
to jail for some some stolen vehicles and shit. <laughs> like three of them in the same day. It was crazy. Three of them in the same day. Yeah, I got released twice. Like they just basically was slap on the wrist. You were joyriding. Get the fuck out of here, type shit. Right. Have your mom come pick you up. And she picked me up twice. The third time she told him to keep me. Really? So, yeah, they took me. <laughs> wow. It was bad. Now, I'm going to say something. I thought that was a good thing on your mom's part. Right. Because one time, uh, um, I got caught stealing some balloons. So I was going to make water balloons and throw them at my <laughs> brother. So I went to the damn liquor store and I threw them in my fucking drawers. And then the man, when he sees me walking out, he comes up like this to me. And I was like, oh, shit. He goes, give me what you got in your underwear. So I went in, gave it to him. He called my mom. My mom came. She pulled my fucking hair, slapped my face. She was, keep him, take him to jail. Yeah. And I was just a kid. And I started fucking crying. Like, right. please help me. Yeah. That actually helped me never to steal again. Right. You know? But uh, uh, I learned at a young age. And then, well, kind of learned because and then I got caught breaking into a school. And uh, I ended up going to Los Padrinos. Yeah. You know, that's what I was when I saw my mother there at, at chapel, because I told her not to come visit me, I, was, I think I was like in seventh grade. Mm. And I was only there for a few days. And when I saw her heartbroken, that's kind of pretty much where I learned my lesson yeah. in life. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. That definitely hurts to see your family members go through, you know, coming to visit you and bringing you the last of what they got to give to you. You know what I'm saying? You need a lotion, deodorant, soap, all that type of stuff. They're bringing the last that they have to you. Yeah. And for you just actually acting a fool and being, you know, dumb. Yeah. And I, I, I learned way later on. It took me a long time to, to learn that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it was, it was at the moment I was upset at her. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, come on, how are you going to let them take me? But then again, now that I look at it, I'm like, man, she was probably embarrassed, bro. Yeah. It was three times that she had to go get me. The cops weren't even, hadn't done shift change yet. They were still right. the same cops. You yeah. know what I mean? They were fucking booking me and taking me and letting me go. You know what I mean? And and it was, you know, they, they the third time they just looked at me like, you you, you got to be an idiot. You know what I right. mean? Like, you're back in here again. Like, right. you know, this time we're not letting you go. So, you know, I went it, to the halls. You know, that kind of almost seems like a, like a, comedy movie like right, right. that shit would be dope to fucking film you know right. yeah it's dope. insane bro and, and when you got uh, incarcerated the first time how long did you do um i went i was in uh, los padrinos for like maybe two months uh -huh. and i ended up getting like a da reject or something like that and they ended up cutting me loose anyways but i did have to sit in there for two months and um i came home and not even a year later i, I want to say like maybe eight months or something like that later um they they snatched me up for a carjack kidnap strong arm robbery like all kind of shit Damn. i was i wasn't even 14 years old bro like it was it was insane they started offering me 21 years like off the top like it, they was trying to book me you Damn. know and At 14 yeah 14 years old my family had to give me a lawyer they got me a lawyer and and he was he was real smooth you know what i mean he was he was rasa so it, you know that helped out i mean um and we we you know he just basically got at me and Told me hold off a little bit, wait, you know. So I, I I listened to basically what he told me. I held off, you know what I'm saying? Things went in our in our they fell in our court, you know what I mean? Right. I ended up getting like a year and like a long term violent alternative program camp, you know? Right. So it was it was cool, but from there it was just that's where everything began, bro. Like me getting the taste of jail <clears throat> and seeing like it, this this shit really ain't nothing. And right. I don't mean nothing like there's nothing in there. Well, now I look at it like there's nothing in there. But right. me at, back then, I looked at it like this is a piece of cake. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like all I got to do is fight this person or fight that person. All oh, that, that ain't nothing. So there was no fear. There was no, you know what I mean? No intimidation, none of that. And it, and it kind of just 
kind of just like became the thing to do. Like I, I was in there constantly. You know what I mean? I didn't. I would get time at it. I didn't care. Like it wasn't nothing that that fear that I was fearing. You right. know, at the moment, and and I was just like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing this shit. You know what I mean? It was making my rep, of course, grow. You know what I mean? Right. But at the same time, now that I look at it, it's like a bunch of wasted time. You know what I mean? A time that I could have been home, of course, with my family or building and <clears throat> doing the things that I want to do, the things that I'm doing now. Yes. You know what I mean? I could have done them at, at a younger age and maybe had a lot a uh, better advantage. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a very, very positive message. People may be listening and think, you know what? Uh, uh, wow, he was just in trouble. He was just a troubled kid or whatever. But this is a positive message. Let me say why, because there possibly a kid watching and what you just said right now, it, it was a waste of time. Right. You know, and hopefully that there is somebody watching that would learn who possibly had that mentality that you had and right. is now thinking, you know what? If he can admit that it was a waste of time, right. then Why maybe am I waste mine. Yes. yes, exactly. Yeah, no, it's definitely a waste of time. Right? Yeah. Now that, like I said, now that I'm grown up, I look at it, there's nothing in there. You know what I mean? There's there's nothing. Everything is out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Family, your loved ones, your your people that yeah. you want to be around are in here, not not in there. Yeah. You know what's funny, man? Uh, and I don't mean like funny, like to laugh at them. But right. when I first got to Los Padrinos, I got to see everybody that I hadn't seen in school. I'm like, here, in the, here you are. This yeah, right at. here, man. Do, do my time. They were talking like they were in the fucking pen. Yeah. yeah, right here. Just do your time and get out, man. And I was like, fuck, all you guys are right here. You're in my homeroom class. You're in my first period class. You're, you know, right. but they were all there. But uh, uh, but to them, it was like it was, they were having a ball in there. Right, right. You know, it's like a big party. Yeah, it, exactly. They're like, yeah, I'm trying to get sent to CYA, but they said I'm not CYA material, so I got to do some shit. Yeah. And like just trying to go trying to the next. Trying to get there. Yeah, trying to get, to get there. there. Wow. That's it's, it's insane bro once you get trapped in that little world where you don't give a shit and you're you're just in there it'll it'll sweep you it'll sweep you from under like like if you're at the beach bro that water that comes and gets you from underneath yeah. that's how that's how that system will get you you know what i mean right, right. I, I i've never been able to get off probation or parole or or anything and i i finally accomplished that in like 2015 and it was like the best feeling in the world bro like you know what i mean yeah like, it was just a big relief and a big weight off my shoulders where it's like now I don't constantly have to worry about when I get pulled over like oh I'm on this I got to report or I got to do this or I gotta, it's just a it's a hassle and it's, yeah. it's something I don't wish upon nobody you know what yeah. I mean yeah now <clears throat> I know you were talking about the majority of your childhood or teenage years you were pretty much incarcerated yeah. did you, in between any of those times did you um I guess as a youngster did DJing ever attract you you know I mean like it it does and it doesn't it does to the point where i i like it it just in the sense i don't like it for me like i wouldn't okay. be able to do it you know what i mean okay. it looks too complicated it looks too too much stuff for me to learn like i mm -hmm. i'd rather just watch and you know and i respect it though you know yeah. what i mean it's yeah. dope to me it's dope but like it, i just don't feel like it's my position you know what uh, i mean okay yeah. and, and so when you started rapping what the when you got locked up, did you actually take that in there with you where you as far as started writing, you know, uh, 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 like, did, did you have stuff written while you were through juvenile? I really didn't because it, like I said, it was, you know, it was a bunch of different activities going on right there right. and there's a lot of fighting and it, you really don't have a lot of time. I mean, yeah, because I would be in the box most of the time for fighting or whatnot, but 
I could have probably written in there, but I, I didn't even think about it. it. Honestly, like, but I would be freestyling or hitting the walls and, you know what I mean? Trying to make fucking noises and beats with my own, you know what I mean? Like right, that type right. of shit. So I, I know I still had that motivation towards music. I think more when I got to like being a little bit more grown and being in the state is where I had my time to, you know, sit down and write and think about and put it, put all the stuff that I've been going through, all the stuff that I lived already now. Like this right. is, you know, this ain't stuff that I got to make up or, you know, it's the stuff that this is real life activities that are, that are going on, you know, and I think I was more, a, a little bit better at writing while I, while I went to state prison, you know? Okay. Now, now I know you told me that, uh, uh, growing up, you listened to two, you were introduced to rap by like Tupac and a couple of other groups that you were mentioned. Right. Uh, uh, who would you say, if any, were, possibly your inspirations to like okay i kind of want to be like that let me try to give you an example mm. growing up as a dj i knew i wanted to be a dj i shared before that the first time i ever went to a nightclub i was 11 years old right. my brother took me and and i think to a certain extent it like kind of like fucking ruined me yeah. because all i thought about was music and women at 11 right, years right. old i really had no business being in a nightclub right. but he told me if you graduate to sixth grade I'll take you with me. This was an 18 and over club. Since I was always kind of tall, he says I could sneak you in. Yeah, I got you. So yeah. I was in the DJ booth and I saw the way he controlled the crowd with the music. And I wanted to do that. Right. You know, so I got to meet DJ Joe Cooley from Rodney on Joe Cooley at yeah. a young age. He became my mentor. And then I saw a guy uh, named Tony G produced right. La Raza Mentirosa. Yeah. Those two guys. Now, when I found out who they were, I followed wherever they DJed. Right. Because I knew that's how I wanted to be. Right. Before I became a producer, you were inspired. Right. right. So, was there anybody like that growing up that you you thought, man, that's the guy right there? Um, I mean, as far as like the stuff on the radio, they, they like, like I said, of course, like Tupac, listening to Tupac mm -hmm. and listening to them. I mean, I kind of just seen you know the type of stuff that they were going through, and it seemed like very similar to the stuff that we were going through. So that yeah. kind of caught my my attention towards listening to them more than i listened to anybody else there was always um like there was even artists across the street from my house growing up they used to rap and they would you know get in a group across the street and be rapping right there and i would go over there and listen to them and pick up pieces you know mm -hmm. or picking up seeds as a kid you know what yeah. i mean like that's just i i had to you know what i mean and that's what i that was my calling i felt like you know, i've always okay. felt that it's been my calling now like i said growing up i listened to like a lot of the tupac stuff but when i was incarcerated i listened to a lot of 50 cent okay and 50 cent stuff was was like popping at the time you know what i'm saying yeah. like he had his he had his shit on lock you know what i mean and but his his music was just a different vibe to me and just gave me a different feel and a lot of my cadence to my music that are i've been told plenty of times that my cadences seem like they came from that you know, like like yeah. that that mentoring type. You know what okay. I mean? Like, it was crazy. But I, I I mean, I don't see it myself. I I come up with all my own stuff. You know what I mean? I try to make my stuff as original as possible. But yeah, listening to them, I feel has a lot of influence over okay. my music. You know? Okay. Uh, uh, now, uh, okay. Now, grow me growing up, and again, I pretty much shared my age with you. Uh, most of the rap that was coming out on the airwaves out here was fifteen eighty KD was mostly all East Coast, yeah. from Run DMC to Grandmaster Flash to to uh, Salt and Pepper to the Fat Boys, yeah, the more to, hip hop yeah, stuff, yeah, Kumo D stuff right. like that. So uh, again, we were influenced a lot by East Coast rap. Right. Uh, uh, did you listen to both, or were you just strictly West Coast? Well, I would I would listen to to that because that that stuff was like 
me growing up, me being young, that's a lot of the stuff that was on at the moment. You know what I'm saying? And I think, but I think honestly, I was really more attracted to like the West Coast style of music. You know what I mean? And I, I kind of just, kind of just wrapped around that. But I did, like I said, I, I dabbled in in a little bit of both. I do listen to some East Coast artists. You know what okay. I mean as well. Okay. Uh, be, before we go to a uh, quick commercial, let me ask you a question. If somebody off the street were to ask you, what does Badachi have right now in his car bumping? What, what, what would you say? Like, what, what do you bump on a daily basis? I bump Baldacci. Really? I, yeah, now it's like, that's that's what it is. I, I really, I mean, I listen to other things, of course, too, but I have so much music of my own that I can just listen to songs and say, damn, when did I record this? Damn, I, didn't, I don't even remember I had this song. Damn, I just did this. Or damn, this sounds dope. Like, a lot of the music that I have is just... Is I can let it play and play and play and play and play, you know? That'll and that, work. That's man. what I listen to. That'll work. All right. Well, let's hold that thought and we'll come back and we're going to talk about uh, when you recorded your first album, who you, were your early producers, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. Mark okay. has more questions for you. No so everybody, once again, Rodin Radio, episode 34, call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that Baldacci is in the building and we'll be back after a 10-minute break. So uh, go take a piss, come back, uh, drink a Modelo or drink a White Claw, whatever you're... You, Whatever floats your boat, and we'll be back with the face of LA. Take us away, Johnny Boy. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rhodium Radio, episode 34. Once again, send in all your uh, 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 20 to 30 second video clips on how you enjoyed or giving us your feedback on the Rhodium Mixtape documentary. If you have not yet watched it, uh, uh, watch it at documentary.com. It's about three hours long. People have told me I have not received not one negative report about this documentary. It's my first work. Uh, I'll be work- starting to pick up on my next documentary soon. And uh, once again, for those of you that want to pick up the, the CDs, I only have a few few left. And you can pick up all four of them for 25 bucks. Two of them Dre did, and two of them I did. 88 Booming Bass, the High C one, the 24-7, and 86 in the mix. And eventually, we're going to remaster some of the other ones so that we can release them via download through our website or possibly even hard copies. But once again, let's jump back into it with the face of LA, Baldacci. Yeah. Once again, thank you uh, uh, for being here. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, I, I know we were talking about you know, music, being incarcerated. Yeah. Uh, I, I read somewhere, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it was on somebody's post or possibly even another interview you might have done, mm. but uh, you had shared that uh, um, you had been shot with AK-47. Yeah, and I think it was, yeah, it was the year 2000, actually. Um, I was shot five times with an AK-47 and uh, put in a coma for two months and it was it was pretty rough you know what i mean on my family on myself and my loved ones yeah yeah i mean fuck, what a way to start off the year right i had know? freshly turned 18 like a couple weeks after i turned 18 years old it was it was a, it was a hectic year for me but was it a mistaken identity um you know it was just wrong place wrong time type shit okay you know what i'm saying okay and and uh, um you get you get hit you're in the hospital you said you, you you went into a coma, yeah. uh, if I'm correct? Yeah, I was okay. in a coma for two months. Wow. wow. Actually, for like about a month and a half, and then I was also, also um like medicated coma, basically, like sedated type, Yeah. you know? So that was like them wanting me to be in a coma, you know, for right. they could perform whatever surgeries or whatever they had to do. Right. But it was definitely a, a, a eye-opener in my yeah. life. Yeah, well, you know what? It, it's a blessing that you're still here, you right, know, uh, and be, and and 
I say that to say this because I want to say I was 22 years old. My album had just dropped. Uh, we're at a party, and one of my friends tells me, can you give me a ride home? Hmm. I knew that taking them home, that there were some guys that lived on his block that were rivals to our neighborhood. So it was about 3 o'clock. I'm thinking, these guys are crashed out. Right. So I took him on my fucking Cadillac, and I remember I was fucked up, and I was bumping Ramon Ayala real fucking loud. And I see the guy in the middle of the street, like as I'm as I'm going towards going home, and he's, this guy's waving at me. Right. And as I pull up, like this close, I pull up in my Cadillac, and I look, and this guy blasted at me uh, um, at, at close range. Yeah. And I was able to, you know, to get out of there. But my mentality back then was my car. Right, I didn't right. even check if I was even hit. That's what so, you were worried about. Yeah. yeah. It, it was only by the grace of God that not one bullet touched me because we were Most literally definitely. this far away. Yeah. You know. But uh, um, so, you know what, man? It's a blessing that you're here. How, uh, how was, if you don't mind me asking, the recovery of that? Was there a lot of rehabilitation? You know what? It was, it was actually kind of crazy because they wanted me to go to, like, these different like outpatient therapy type things and I, I didn't go to any of them i basically healed on my own like i it, it was it was amazing of course and also the grace of god you know what i mean and and you know helping me out because it I was, i'm definitely like wasn't in position i was freshly 18 years old and then to get hit in that in that that's a big impact you know what i mean that's a big weapon a big caliber it was definitely did some damage you know yeah. what i mean and and i I gotta, you know, I thank my people and, you know, God and my people that were there that, that helped me. You know, I, I had my homie's girl come and actually help me start walking again. Like, I wasn't able to. The doctor basically said I wasn't going to be able to walk at all. You know, my homie's girl, she, you know, wrapped a, <clears throat> a sheet around me and basically took me off of the wheelchair and started taking steps with me. And then just from there, I went to a walker. And then from, like, a walker, like, a couple weeks later, I was running around, bro. Wow. Running around. It was crazy. <laughs> That's a good thing, man. That's a good. I, I'm I'm glad to hear positivity out of something that people could have just looked at as being negative. You know, this guy was wrong place, wrong time. I wonder what he was doing. Or what? Don't worry about that. Right. You know what? You're here, and that's all that matters. Right. You know. Um, now I know you said you grew up going to hood parties whenever you had the opportunity to go over there and bust freestyle or whatnot. Mm. Uh, uh, at what point did you say, you know what, I'm going to take this music thing serious? Uh, um, w was it soon after that? Would you say or? Well, after after I ended up um, getting shot, I, a couple months later I went to prison. Okay. And um, while I was in prison, like I said, I had a lot of time on my hands. I was able to write and and actually stack up on music and. You know, I, I came home and when I came home, I was recording like in in like my homies, you know, little garage type shit. You know what I mean? And we, we definitely made some dope. But it was still at that time I was doing more gangbanging music. Right. And now it's like, you know, now I talk about my life more than just gangbanging. You know what I mean? Like there's there's been plenty of obstacles. Like I just explained about me getting shot. You know what I mean? Different different things that went on in my life of course prison and just you know from to to where i'm at now and yeah. and it's like when i started actually recording the first ones were like little cds that we were just burning you know doing a couple gang songs and passing them out that was where i started you know but but me seeing the reaction from people and you know getting hit up by people that we don't even get along with or associate with they would hit me up and be like hey bro i heard your you know your your little mixtape like it's dope like you need to do this or you need to do that and then i at that time i didn't stop i was still going back and forth to mm -hmm. jail you know and you know i would always 
like rapping jail with people, you know what I'm saying? And and people would like that they, they had more knowledge in the industry and in the music than I did would come and give me an advice and I would I would, you know, soak up that advice from different people, you know what I mean? Like just right. everything that they would tell me I would take into consideration whether it sounded way out to me, whether it didn't. I just would definitely take it into consideration because they might be right. And I used a lot of that knowledge that I soaked up from all the time incarcerated, incarcerated out here. I used it out here. And, and it's basically been working for me. I, I recorded uh, an album with my boys from Smooth Hustle. <clears throat> and um, I came home in 2011. And um, we got straight to work. We, you know, we, we we hit the studio, and they had a studio for us there, and we just basically went buck buck wild. Me, my boy Guns, my homie Sunny Blue, my boy Peter Bill, everybody that you know, my boy Leche. Of course, he was the producer. You know that 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 wouldn't stop and just kept yeah. pushing me, pushing me. You know, and, and he kind of just gave me that that energy to to want to keep going. And it's been it's been nonstop ever since. I dropped, oh, you know, I dropped oh. another album after that. I dropped um, my album Plan B. The first one was the Baldacci Code. That was my actual first album that was in the CD jewel cased with a with a you know a, a stamp on it. Everything, right, you know, right. it just it was an actual album, you know, tracked out names on it, just a legit album. The Baldacci Code. That was the first one. The second one I, I dropped. It was called Plan B. So okay. basically, it was like the the plan B to the Baldacci code, like we 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 always have to have a plan B when it comes to everything in life. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? Like it, we 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 have to. So Plan B was my second album. Um, I I just dropped a a, a six a six. It was an EP actually, a okay. six six track EP, recently called Efe, which stands for Eye for an Eye. Okay. You know, and and I'm supposed to be dropping the second half to that like. Like yesterday, bro. I should have, I should have had it out already. Right. You know, I'm kind of, kind of lagging, and it's just because, right now, I feel like my music is, is, priceless to me. Right, right. You right. know, I have so many songs. I have over 150 songs recorded. Um, the album could have been out. Yeah. Three, four, five albums could have been out. You know, I just, I want everything to be perfect and 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 precise and on point, and I want everything to be appreciate it because yeah. i know it's it's definitely coming from the heart it ain't nothing that i'm just going in there and just putting together you know right. it's something that people can take and, and run with it's a message in there it's, it's everything that i went through and it's i'm not glorifying it or promoting it but at the same time i'm not knocking it or denying it either right. this is right. what i went through already these are all the things that i had to suffer and go through to to, to get where i'm at you know, you could take the choice and choose to go down that same path and deal with the same problems that I dealt with, or you can go around. Right, right, okay. And choose the right way, you know? You know, I wanted to touch on something that, that you said a, a little while ago. You said that you and your homie were making just CDs and giving them around in the hood or right. whatnot. Uh, um, I, I, see, I like little stories like that because it kind of makes, it reminds me of me uh, when my my homies used to come and say, hey, man, there's a party this Friday and there's going to be a gang of bitches over there. Right, right. And I'll be honest with you. I chose my music making a mixtape over going out and hanging out with some some nalgas, you know. And it's hard. It's hard. But you know what? At the end, you you know, not to cut you off, it's 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 a blessing. Yeah. You know, and I've been able to do that. I've been in studios where the, the owners of the studios would bring strippers after after the session or even before the session during the session and have them there and i i recorded a whole album in 
less than 90 days in this in this studio that I was blessed with to be able to work and do everything I had to do. I put that album together. I was working on the album. This is what's crazy. I was working on the album for, say, like three years, but I finished it in three months, if that makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? So all these songs that I recorded over these three years, I kept saying, that one's going on the album. That one's going on the album. That one's going. And when it came down to it, the last three months that I recorded in this studio were the only songs that I used. I didn't even use the other songs that I kept saying, this and this and this is for the album. I ended up recording in, like I said, three months. And and that was surrounded by strippers, surrounded by ass, <laughs> surrounded by this. And I my mind was just focused and, and set on what I want to get done. And by when I have to have it done. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're going to be there regardless. I don't, I don't care about that shit right now. Right. My, my focus is this music yeah. and getting to where I need to get. Yeah, the focus, the drive, you just had it. You weren't going to allow anything to distract it's you. It's insane. And, and I love that, man, because I had that drive as a teenager. You right. know, so when you said, you know, we used to make CDs and give them out, my thing was making mixtapes and then giving them to my homies and then waiting to see what the reaction was. Right. When you release those those CDs, uh, uh, you know, you gave them out or whatnot, uh, what was the reaction that you were getting? And I'm, I'm telling you, like, it was crazy. The, the, the beginning stages of when I was handing out the, the CDs with, like, the gang stuff yeah. on it, um, I, I was, like, I was amazed because of the simple fact that, like I said, I had people that aren't from the same side of town. Right. Possibly, you know, not, not maybe some that weren't enemies and some were, excuse me, and they're sitting here saluting me about my music. Yeah. Telling me, hey, you should try to do a song without this in my hood or you should try to, you know, that yeah, type right. of shit. And it's like. For me to be able to to touch people that we don't, you know, see eye to eye. Right. That was that was that yeah. was my, you know. Right. It was my eye opener. Uh, I like to look at music sometimes as the glue uh, that brings us together because a lot of times, for an example, uh, I did a mixtape and uh, high. It was one of the ones that High C rapped on, right. and it. That one pretty much went gold on the streets. Right. Like the street had it, and a lot of times. My, my homies in my neighborhood, we used to play other neighborhoods like uh, uh, Thanksgiving football. Right. Okay. And we used to meet like at Harvard College or Banning uh, High School. Yeah. And what happened was one guy comes up to me, and this is when I first started experiencing this, that I was starting to get, if you will, popular. Right. You know, hey, man, who's Tony A? Right. And at first I'm thinking, fuck, is he going to want to throw down or some right, shit right. like that's that? That's the first thing that goes to your mind. Yeah. And, and I said, uh, that's me, man. And he was like, man, I like your shit, man. Yeah. And then I would go over to Carson. And, hey, man, are you Tony A? And I'm thinking, fuck, this motherfucker. Go fuck. But it, and it's never stopped. And even now, right. now it, it's hard sometimes. And I'm sure you possibly get it, that people recognize you. They look at you. You don't know if this guy wants shit or know, he just wants to come up and shake your hands. Yeah, you don't know their intentions. Yeah, it, 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 it's tough, man. But so now you go on for making these handout CDs, if you will. Right. Uh, uh, if, for people that may want to know. Uh, uh, where did the name Baldachi come from? Can you give me give yeah, us its yeah. origins? Well, my my nickname from my neighborhood has been Pelon since I was a kid. You uh -huh. know, even before that, like my nickname's been Pelon. So, you know, a lot of my homies call me Baldy. So, okay. you know, which is the same thing, of course. And you know that Baldy was was really what I was pushing was the Baldy. You know, little okay. Baldy, and that was my artist name when I first started messing with the music okay. was little Baldy. And I just felt like you know I was in prison and I was doing time and. You know, I had a couple little songs on on little YouTube, little Baldy songs, and just you know, they were more like I said, the gang gang stuff that was out. And I started thinking to myself that I needed to be more creative with with my name and something more mature and something that's gonna stay longer because little Baldy, 
you're not always going to be little baldy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to grow up. So I, I thought of, you know, something. I was thinking of something catchy, and I just came up with Baldacci. Okay. And it's crazy because I started, my, my, my like, cellies and my neighbors in the, in the cell, like, they would they would always say, what up, Baldacci? You know, like, that was the the little moniker, you know what right. I mean? And I said, you know what? I'm going to run with this. I'm going to use this towards my music. It's definitely catchy. It's definitely more mature. And it's just more gangster to me. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And I, and I took it and, and I pretty much ran with it. Okay. Now, now, now let me ask you something, because this, this happened to me today. Right. You ever heard of the comedian uh, uh, James Belushi? He had a brother yeah, named yeah. John Belushi. Okay. I'm working out today. I'm at the gym and I'm talking to this one cat. I got my headphones on. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I got Bodachi coming over here today. You know, you got to come through. Oh, yeah, cool. Whatever. Some old man. He looked like he was in the 70s. He looks at me like this and he's working out, you know. And then I said, yeah. Uh, uh, so, all right, then, man, I'll see you later. Cool. I, I hung up, put my headphones away. And the old man looks at me and goes, I thought he was dead. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? He goes, Belushi. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, didn't say Belushi, dude. I said Baldacci. And he goes, <laughs> oh, I don't know who that is. Right, right. He got your mixed up with yeah, Belushi. Yeah, no, it, all, it happens all the time. I have some of my people that I've known for years still call me Baldacci. Baldu no, they just Balducci. And but you never heard Belushi, though. No, I, just, <laughs> I, I think I probably heard them all, bro, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, um, you named your first album uh, Baldacci what again? The Baldacci Code. Oh, Baldacci Code. Okay, so now, who were the producers on that those those records? On that album, I had a lot of production from my boy Leche from Smooth Hustle. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of production from Red Drum. He's um he's he's doing this thing right now too. He's he's getting up there doing this a lot of a lot of good things. You know, okay. in, the, in the in the community with his music. Um, honestly, it 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 pretty much wrapped around those two. Okay. Producers, when it came down to like my my stuff on that on that album, there was a, I, I believe I had a track by my boy Dyer Lansky, um, you know, John Castaneda. So, but but the majority of the songs were actually like Leche and Redrum, you know. Right now, now this might be a kind of a goofy question, and I don't even know if you even get involved on this part. Yeah. Do you remember what if they used drum machines, what kind of programs they use, or what they were doing? Yeah, I really couldn't even be able to tell you to be honest with you. Like okay. I, I, I just. I just rap like when it's like right. they've they've always asked me to try to learn some little engineering stuff so I could record and I'm like I keep telling myself once I learn that then I'm gonna be stuck doing that so right. I don't want to do that you know what I mean yeah. I want to do what I came to do and that's yeah. it yeah you know because uh, the reason why I you know and you said it right because when you pay attention to something else then you're gonna want to dedicate yourself just to that takes your focus it'll take away from your creativity over right. here. I remember I was producing, and then I, I wanted to learn how to engineer, and I right. fell in love with it. But I found myself trying to make the track sound so clean, but the track wasn't even banging anymore. You forgot it. Yeah, yeah because yeah, it was taken away from my creativity. So right. uh, I guess uh, uh, we need to stay in what our strengths are. Stay in the lane, People yeah. have always told me, uh, d d d have you ever tried rapping? No. First of all, I stutter sometimes, <laughs> and I don't even think I wouldn't be a good rapper, but I have a good right. photographic memory where I can remember lyrics. Right. I have good ideas for either album co covers, choreographing shows, even naming songs, naming albums. I got ideas yeah. like that. Because you got the ear for music. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And, and so I would never, ever uh, step out of my lane, if you will. Right. You know? So now your album drops. Uh, right. um, now, now, here's another question that I usually ask rappers, right. and I ask because I'm not a rapper, so these are interesting to producers right. when you first heard your voice you know playback and you listen to your voice on the speakers did you like the way you sound no not at all really? when i f first when i first started i 
I I listen to like how my voice and my music sounds now compared to what I what I, how I started, and it's a, it's like a big difference. It's like I just I turned the the booth now to like my bitch. Like now it's just I I go in there and I just handle what I gotta handle. Like it's it's a piece of cake to me now. Back then it was a lot lot rougher. I didn't you know know the little tricks on how to make it sound the way right. I, I do now. Like if it makes sense, but that's. That's just how that's how I look at it. Like I went and turned that turned that studio out, you know, after okay. after learning. Yeah. After learning. Where did you record your first album at? Was that a home studio? Was that an actual studio? Um, no, it was an actual studio. Which the, um, my album, which the Baldachico, that yeah. was recorded in an actual studio. Okay. okay. You know, do, do you remember where where at? Um, it was in. Uh, we started. I think we re started recording in Buena Park, a little bit in, right. in the city of Buena Park, and then a little bit in the city of Linwood. Okay. Uh, we actually the remainder in in Linwood, you know. Okay. And, yeah. and uh, that album drops now. Uh, mm -hmm. Was it just on all platforms, or did you release hard copies as well? I released hard copies, and it was on on the major platforms or whatnot. But the hard copies, and this is something me not even knowing how the business, as far as the 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 running around with your CDs and trying to get it out there like that. This is without me knowing any of that. Right. This is this is just me going with my boy Leche, going with the homies, and 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 trying to get you know heard and. Right gas stations jumping off like it's just it, it was crazy i would wake up and tell myself you gotta go i'll put gas in in the and i was working for a company called splitterillos okay. at the time you know they um they basically had me driving around with their their, their it's a it's a tobacco brand it's a um, okay. cigar you know i was i was working for them and i would i would do promotion and so i was running around at the same time like i, I used my cd at the same time and hey look take these these blunt wraps Take this album, you know what I mean? Like it, it just, it's everything fell in place, but it was an everyday struggle and grind and focus. Yeah, and that's what it was. I would go to Hollywood. I would go, and I was running into so many big artists and meeting new people, and it, it felt like it was just all a blessing from God. That everything was just pieces that's to dope. the puzzle, you know. That's dope. Now, how was the response when that album dropped? It was crazy. I got I got a lot of love off that first album. A lot of people message me still to this day, like, "Hey, we're still bumping the Baldacci Coat." Yeah. Like you know, it, it just it was really well timed, and it was just it was so authentic. And I think that yeah. that's what what caught a lot of the attention of the streets was that a lot of people were going through all that stuff that I put out. Yeah. They were feeling that because that's how they felt. Like when I used to listen to like Tupac and think he was talking about me. That's right. that's how they felt now. Right, they were able to relate you know, big time. Right, big time, and right. they just they just absorbed that music, and it, it it's it's a blessing. You, you know, know I, I, I like that you said uh, uh, it was the right time. Right, uh, I, I remember. I I want to say I was maybe shoot nineteen or twenty years old, and uh, the studio where Dre uh, recorded like the N.W.A., the Easy E, Michelle D.O.C. albums mm -hmm. is not too far from here. It's in the city of Torrance. Mm -hmm. okay. And one time I went over there and I was just watching. I was kind of like a fly on the wall and it was producing. And I remember he told me, uh, um, we're about to drop this one. And I said, man, it's going to do really good. And he said, timing is everything. Always. It's, it's, timing Always. is everything. And that's one thing that people today that are doing music, I think, kind of have kind of lost Th that uh if you will because they just like well let's just record and throw it out let's just record and throw it out right and believe it or not we're flooding the market with a bunch of bullshit sometimes that's what i mean i was told by a few people they were telling me just you know start flooding them with all your music and i'm just like nah man like i want them to be able to go back you know there's artists where i i that i liked like their music and i'll listen to like one of their albums and it slaps and then they try to put one out like right 
after again and it's just like not the same you it's know what i mean same. like it's like i feel like you got to build up that momentum for that album yes rather than just keep dumping stuff and putting stuff out i'm not i could have been doing that i yeah. could uh, you know i could keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on but at the end of the day i want everything that goes that gets out yeah. that, that, to make sense yeah you know because the, the last thing we want is like oh man that guy releases a fucking album out every week right you know what i'm saying right. and Ain't I, nothing new. yeah you kind of want them to miss you right. and ask you when's the new one coming out and that's what i feel like i've done with these videos with these these songs that i've been putting out it's like people are like not, i don't want to say begging me but they're actually fucking getting at right. me and like hey bro like we're fucking waiting for it like right fiending for the shit like i have yeah. people fiending for the music and it's yeah. crazy like it's a blessing, bro. Yeah, that's see, it. and that's how people felt about this documentary because we were telling them ahead of time it'll be coming out, it'll be coming out. And since we had never taken on a project of this magnitude, it took longer than than what it was, and people were like, "Come on, man, when are you going to release it?" Yeah. So, so, so the first one dropped. How soon after did you start working on the next one? Um. So I dropped the first one, and then, like I said, it took me years to drop another okay. album, only because. I, I felt like the songs just kept getting better and okay. better and better. So when it came to the point where it was actually time, I, I told a couple people a few times, Oh, I'm going to drop it this day. And it didn't drop. Oh, I'm going to drop it this day. And it didn't drop. So it just pushed further out. But I feel like the album came out the way it was supposed to come out. Right. And it was, it was another, another dope project that right. i put out so that's my yeah. second dope project that i put okay. out and this time i didn't make physical copies this time i just went with the so like the the everything like all the digital platforms and all right. etc and i kind of wanted to see what was the difference okay you know what i mean like I, yeah. from the first time that i ran out and like a chicken with no head was running <laughs> around with that album and crashing and going through a whole bunch of bullshit i said let me try to just sit back and see how the internet you know yeah, how mean? it works how yes. it manipulates the album or tries to make you know progress yeah. or let me see how that works and it, it was cool as well you know and it took me a little while to actually get ready and prepare for another album because i just felt like i'm just gonna stack music okay that's what i'm gonna do right now okay. i'm not even gonna put out another album i'm gonna let them you know bump right. that for a little bit and kick it and, and, and make them want yeah want the music so exactly. i built it up until i felt like okay it's time again and I dropped that, that um, six-track um, EP, uh, the Efe, the last one. Okay. And they're waiting on the second half to it because it's supposed to be, um, the second one's supposed to have seven songs, so it's about to be 13 tracks okay. altogether. It's uh, like a um, double album. On the second album, did you stick with pretty much the same producers? On the second album, no. I actually had a, a, a few different uh, other producers on that, on Plan B. Um I actually bought a couple beats. They like the first time was mostly in-house right. production, you know. Um the second album it was a little bit more me learning more how, you know, of course we had to purchase our tracks right, and we had right. to, you know what I mean, stuff like that. So it, okay. it, it switched up on the production, okay. you know. A any features? Um on that album it was mo mainly in-house features. Okay. I didn't put no no um like really big names on there nothing it was mainly just you know my boys that are they've been rocking with me and yeah. and and working with me so 
Okay. Yeah, it was mainly mainly my people. You know, I, I like to try to ask questions, and I usually say this a lot during my podcast that I like to ask questions from a fan's perspective. Many times, fans they message me, and they message me, ask them this, ask them this, ask them this. So a lot of right. these questions are actually coming from them. Right, right. Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, now, here's another aspect of music that a lot of people they just think it's just recording at home. Uh, did you take the stage and start doing shows on the first album? Um, no, I, well, actually, I, I performed maybe one big show when I first, you know, started getting my, my foot wet and, and right. getting the album out and stuff like that. I did the dub show. Uh, we performed myself and Smooth Hustle, um, a couple songs that we, you know, that we had. Um, I liked it, but at the time I was, I was still dealing with the whole probation. Okay. I just came home from federal prison, you know, after doing five years in federal prison. So I, I kind of like just was, Checking it out to see how it was going to be. And, and I liked it. Don't get me wrong. But like I said, I was still dealing with all this yeah. and it was hard for me to leave the halfway house or yeah. be able to travel or go, go do shows like that. So I kind of told myself that I was going to hold off on shows for a while. And I did eventually get back into to doing the shows and stuff like that. And uh, I, li I like it, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. good. Now, do you remember the first time you took the stage? Were you ever nervous? Um, yeah, I was nervous. Yeah. Cause the first time I actually took the stage was at the dub show and that was like big, you know what I mean? Right. There was a lot of people there. It was just, so I put some lokes on and just did my thing. You know what I mean? I <laughs> act like I was Ray Charles to this shit, bro. I had to, Yeah. you know, I remember one time we were in Texas, I want to say 1992 and, uh, it was all quick second to nine amg and i believe i still maybe have the videotape because uh my manager at the time steve uh used to film everything right. okay and we were maybe opening up for um epmd it was their tour yes. uh daz fx was there and uh we went on before them but the the, the stadium was fourteen thousand people okay right. and i remember high c grabs the mic and i said you ready and he was like yeah, man. And he, I, I could tell he was fucking scared, bro. Right, I, go, right. I go, hey, dude, look, check this out, man. If you want to put on some glasses, you know. That shit helps. Yeah, it does. It, it does. That was about the only time he put on glasses. After that, he pretty much had everything Got cool. Used to it. He was used to it. But I remember it was that many fucking people that you go out there and you try to entertain them for 15 minutes. Yeah, you got to put them lokes on and blind yourself, man. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. let me ask you this. You ever forget any of your lyrics? All the time, man. Really? It's crazy. <laughs> I got too many songs. It's crazy. Like, it's hard for me to remember all of those songs. Don't get me wrong, but the ones like I'm mainly attracted to, those I know them like they're in the pocket, you know. But then there's some where I recorded and that I don't. I like I said, I, sometimes I don't even remember that I recorded this song. I'm like, damn, oh, this wow. verse is tight. You right. know what I mean? Like it's 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 crazy. Like I'm <laughs> I got so much music. Dope, dope. Okay, listen, we're gonna go ahead into commercial break. We're gonna come back, finish our last thirty minutes, and uh, we're gonna talk about what we're what you're doing now, uh, um, your documentary, right? Okay, uh, who directed it? Right. Uh, um, when can people expect your next project? And I guess you've got other things that you want to announce, if I'm right. correct. So once again, everybody, uh, call somebody, text somebody, uh, slap the hell out of somebody, and let them know we got thirty more minutes. We'll ball out you the face of LA, and we'll be back after this ten minute break. Yeah. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rodian Radio, episode 34. I've caught off guard right there just a little bit. But me having quick cat reflexes, I was able to jump right into it. So, uh, once again, um, back with the face of LA, Baldacci. So, let's pick up right where we left off. Um, I know you're working on a project, or if I'm correct, you're done. You're going to be dropping an EP? Um, well, yeah, I dropped half, like I was saying, uh, half of the EP already, which is called Efe. Okay. Um for as of as of now we just dropped half on on all digital platforms or whatnot and we're going to be dropping 
the second half pretty soon. I, I don't really have a date. I don't want to say a date, right. but it's coming real soon. It, it's been done. Okay. It's you know, it's it's there. You know, okay. I just got to put it together and figure out what tracks I'm, I want to use because I have, like I said, I got so much, so much music and so much different. Okay, and there's this EP that dropped. When did that one drop? Um, the day it was in October. Okay. Okay. Uh, did you have any features on there at all? Um, no. Actually, actually, I did. As far as like, like I said, the in-house stuff, I did. Um, I got a track with my boy Misfit Soto. I got um, you know, a few, a few others on there, right. but not, not like I said, not stepping out of the box yet. I'm still okay. keeping my, my close people with me and 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 knocking out tracks that I'm I'm doing with them okay. first. You know, uh, uh, I know you've done other tracks with other artists for an example like Blueface. Right. Uh, um any other artists that you work with and uh did tracks with as well? Yeah, I actually got um we did that that song with my, my boy Guns Lozano who's also like I said a long time friend of mine and, and been doing music with me for a long time. We did that track with Blueface. Um I did a a track with um Crooked Eye from Long Beach. Mm -hmm. Um I got a that's that was put together by my boy Frank Nitty uh out there out there in Riverside, you know. Um He's also from Long Beach, and uh, I did a track with Yellow Wolf, okay. my boy Yellow Wolf. That 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 was linked up by my boy Esteban Orio, and um, yeah, man, we just knocked that one out maybe like about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, or something like that. And okay. it's uh, that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to, yeah, to putting this video together or whatnot, because this is it's gonna be it's dynamic. Yeah. Now now speaking of features or people asking you to appear on their songs do you get a lot of that a lot of people hit you up yeah a lot of, a lot of people you know ask me for you know for features or whatnot and you know of course we you know we got our little price that we charge for my features or and i try to work with people like there's people you know sometimes that ain't in that position that don't have it like that and can't pay that and you know i tell them like this look send me the x amount but send it to me today or tomorrow and I work. I'll do. I work this track for this price. You know what I mean? I get. I I show love in that sense. You know, right. people would just. I think are a lot of people are afraid to, to even ask. You know, but they want me on a song, but they're just so afraid to ask. But I do get a lot of people that are that are flooding my, my right. my messages and trying to get on the track with me. You know. Right. Right. Now, uh, you spoke on Esteban. Right. Okay. Uh, if I'm correct. Um, Working on a documentary as far as nobody filmed. Right. You guys are in the editing stages. He directed it. And uh, uh, if you can let the fans know what to expect in this documentary, like what exactly is this documentary about? So I've been working with Esteban for a while now. Um, the first, you know, time that he actually came out and worked with me was, was of course, taking photos. And, and, you know, we built a relationship. We built a bond. And, you know, it went from, from that to world star hip-hop documentaries to another uh, documentary that he shot <clears throat> well that he directed and and is putting it together it's called la originals it's going to be um it's going to be premiering at south by southwest um but now from that we also moved into a documentary on myself okay. you know and and that right there is is also something that's going to be dynamic because it's <clears throat> it involves a lot of myself well which is about me and and my family and my, my close friends you know my girl like my, my people the people right. that are around me on a daily basis it's right. it's something way bigger <clears throat> that i i even expected you know and yeah. there, there's a lot of other people 
that are involved. Interviews from, you know, CC the Mamacita from K Day, 93.5. Yeah. Um, my boy Baby Bash. Like, it's just a, it's just a, a combination of, of, of everything that, and people that I've been working with lately and just my life, you know, everything right. that, that, and we also did a song, you know, it's a, it's a remix to the, how to survive in South Central, the old yeah. Ice Cube one, and we shot a video, a music video to that. So that's gonna be ending the documentary with okay. that track. Uh, uh, um, did somebody reproduce that? Yes, we okay. had somebody reproduce the track. It's my boy Scotty, okay. Scotty Music. He's actually he's dope. He's out there with um OG Music with Louis the Thirteen. Okay, that's dope, man. Now, now that's that, that sounds very exciting. I mean, that should I, I want to watch that shit. Right. Uh, uh, now, how long is this documentary? Would you say? I believe it. They said it was forty five minutes. I okay. could be wrong. But I believe they said it was going to be 45 minutes long. Okay. What inspired you or what motivated you to do a story? Was it his? Was it you uh, to do this documentary about yourself? Well, we had we had talked about it before when we were working and shooting the pictures and the and the, the other docs that we worked on with, with Esteban. It's always been in the air. It was just a matter of when we actually had the time and the, the um you know, the the budget, the everything to, to be able to go and move forward and make it happen. And we finally made it happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, timing is everything. Everything. You know, and there's no release date on that either. Uh, I don't I don't have a release date for it yet. Okay. What, will it possibly be this year? Um, I'm hoping. Okay. You know, it's 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 more of, of Esteban's, Esteban's call. call right there, you know, but he's, he's piecing it together properly. I know he is because he's a beast at what he does. And yeah. I'm patient. You know, yeah. my people are patient. We're waiting to, we're waiting to see it though. Okay. Uh, can we expect, uh, Baldacci any movie soon? Man, if they come, I'm with it. You know, <laughs> if they, if they get thrown my way and it's the, it's the right time and the right, you know, atmosphere and everything is, is on point, I'm, I'm with it. Uh, uh, somebody asked on the chat, uh, ask him if he's ever done any cameo appearances in any movies, commercials. Um, I did, I did cameo work like through, um, what is it called? That that uh, it was like a casting agency, like Central Casting or whatnot. I did the I did um couple cameos like as far as uh, I don't know if you've seen that show. Uh, it was called Gang Related. It was on Fox. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so we were casted for that. I've been casted for so much stuff. I got casted for SWAT. It was so so much stuff that I didn't get to attend to because I was either far from where the location was supposed to be and I, I didn't have a whip or it was just. Uh, it was just hard for me to get to that location and you know I turned down a lot of things and not necessarily because I wanted to but just because I had to right right but yeah I've been in that I dabbled a little bit in that in that field you know okay now uh the business aspect of music would you say you've got that down packed now like okay I know where this money when this when I get paid when I'm supposed to get paid I I pretty much know where because I, I get a lot of people that come here and they're like, one thing I wish I would have known was the business was aspect a, of my music because many artists got ripped off. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, would you say that you pretty much? I, I won't say that I'm like fully got it on packed, like got it packed down. I, I feel like I got it more packed down from when I first started. That's mm -hmm. for sure. And I learned a lot since then and, you know, kind of went around several bumps and several, you know, obstacles that, that were thrown because I know from what I learned, you know, and, and I feel like, but I feel like I got the proper squad and the proper team, which is the effort and my people that are, they'll look into, they'll go into that extra mile and, and look 
to see, make sure that we're not getting done right. the wrong way, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that's always a blessing. Yeah, because, you know, I won't go into mine, but uh, me and my boy John right here, we're we were looking into last year my royalties, you know, right. of, of the songs that I've done. And a lot of my songs were not even in there. Right. And uh, I was trying to hire an entertainment lawyer to look into everything, why they were never registered. Because I remember they were through my manager, and all of a sudden mm. they were not They're there. They're gone. Yeah. They're gone. So I, ha I had them in collecting royalties from those. And that's yeah. one thing on my end. I've never been able to stay on top of my business parts. Yeah. You know, I've always tried to surround myself around a good team, and this person does this job, this person does right. this job, but everybody gets treated equally and gets paid. You know? Right, right. So uh, th that's another whole other beast, the, the the business part. That's why I think I took more like about a 10 or 11-year break because at one point I actually felt out of love with music simply because I didn't know the business aspect of it, and I was getting ripped off. Right. You know, right. I, I mean, my records were selling, my records were on the radio, and I wasn't collecting checks. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, how is that? And then I see one guy that... I produce stuff for, and he's getting paid. Right. And he's driving around a brand new Lexus, and I'm right. thinking. I ain't not. Yeah, right. you know, so. No, yeah, it makes sense. That's something that I encourage all artists to do is learn that business side. And like I said, I haven't done it myself. It's hard for me to even say for you to go do it, but it's something that definitely needs to be done is learning that business side of the music. Yeah. Uh, it, any shows that people can expect to see you, do you have any type of bookings at all? Um, I've, I have a lot of people that are interested in bringing me out to like their, their establishments and having me perform and, and, you know, but I honestly, like I said, I just been kind of focused more on stacking this music and I'm, I definitely am looking forward to, to doing, uh, shows coming up now that I'm getting, you know, involved with, um, we have a situation called, um, Twerk World Records is coming, coming, along with us and we're, we're actually starting building you know starting to build with that and i'm definitely looking forward to perform and you know okay. do my thing well, well can people expect possibly to see baldacci perform this year um yeah possibly i i, agree. I think that's a very strong possibility i i want to see you that's why i right. asked bro that's what's up you know i i definitely want to see you perform i definitely want to see you rock the stage uh, uh now here's an interesting question because this i'm a dj producer right. do you have a dj i don't I don't, really don't. Okay. Now, is this, that something that you would be interested in? And maybe most definitely. Don't. I talked to my boy, um, John already about that. And we definitely do. We're in need in that area. That's dope because to me, that's hip hop. That's what brings an MC and a DJ. He could be like, cop, 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 cop. Right, right. yo, rock that shit, man. Yeah, all the cuts you know? and everything, man. Hell yeah. And then the beat drops, fucking crowd right. goes crazy. Yeah. That's all that's all that shit. I like we real just talk MC. about, you know? Yeah, man. Oh, I love that type of shit. Uh, now I know, um, uh, God, I hope I don't get this wrong. The billionaire, uh, yeah, raps. it's called billionaire hemp wraps. Yeah, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, we got a situation with billionaire hemp wraps. That's a tobacco-free um, blunt, pretty much. Okay, you know, and um, we got a uh, my own two flavors coming out in a few months, <laughs> and we definitely are looking forward to that. My my face on the packaging, my you know my image on the packaging is it's it's about to be something else, man. That's something to look forward to in these next few months. Right. That'll work. That'll work. Now, now, let me ask you this, because uh, for me, uh, uh, knowing Mr. Cartoon, uh, uh, to me, he's one of the greatest tattoo artists. Okay? Right. You have any work for, uh, by him? I don't. I'm supposed to be getting something by him, but don't know why. Don't know when. Don't know where. But it's gonna happen. Okay. And all, all, all your tattoos have pretty much come from different people. The same guy. Yeah. A lot of my tattoos, I was in the joint, you okay. know, and I and I had. 
I, I basically waited most of the time on, cause I went through the whole getting the beat up tattoo stage. You know, everybody <laughs> goes through that, you know, and I, I learned from that actually. And I took that and told myself, you know, I'm waiting for the homies that get on the yard that can actually tattoo. And sometimes it's a drought. You know what I mean? The yeah. homies that are right there, they just, Doing little Mickey Mouse drawings on people, and I'm like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait till I find somebody that's proper. And I actually did a few times, you know, run into people that actually knew how to tattoo, and they did a lot of my work. Okay. Now, this is an interesting question, and I think because a lot of my homies that are, are like really tatted up, right. I ask them this question, and sometimes their their answer kind of trips me out. So I'm gonna ask you: right. Is there any tattoos you regret? Um. You know, I, I can't really say I regret my tattoos. Of course, I've covered up tattoos that, right. you know, and that's a regret right there. If you're covering something up, it's a regret. You know what right. I mean? But I, I like, I feel that, you know, everything that I'm piecing on my body and it's, it's, it's a time of, a part of my life. You know what I mean? It's a right. timing in my, in my life of what I went through. Like if I put, you know, like I got the Jason mask with the effort on top of my face. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what, that's what I'm on. You know what I mean? I'm on that effort shit. So, and, and I feel like that's was something that needed to be right there, but I covered up whatever was on my face. You know right. what I mean? I've had so many tattoos. Now I'm just four by four and shit. <laughs> so I ain't got no more room. Now, now uh, how old were you when you got your first tattoo? Um, I was 13. I had got my mom's name on my arm mm -hmm. and, um, it was beat up. So I had to like cover it up and get her name again, you know, but it was, I was young. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't have any tattoos. Right. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to always say to myself, uh, I was always drunk when I wanted to get tattoos. So yeah. I'd always say, okay, if I'm sober tomorrow, I'll, I'll go to Long Beach Pike because back in the day, you know, that's where people used to get tattoos from. I'll get it. I'll yeah. get it. And I'm kind of glad I didn't. People always ask me, how come you didn't get no ink? And I said, well, I love art. I just don't like it on my body. Yeah. I used to be an artist. A lot of my brothers were artists. Yeah. But uh, I just, it, the tattoo thing was never like for me, but all my homies have them. Right. I asked one of my homeboys that question. Do you have any tattoos you regret? He goes, yeah, I got four girls tattoos on my body. So I'm like, fuck, like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but uh, other than that, um, now you're uh, once again you didn't put a release date on your uh, EP that's already done, right. okay? And so now um, you got so much music. Why why have it stacked so much and then not release it to the public? I think it's just that I feel like everything has to be uh, like perfect now, and not all of those songs are perfect. You mm. know what I mean? There's there, there's a, a big percentage of them that is perfect but not all of them are so i feel i'm real selective now with what i'm gonna put out and what i what i want to put out you know and and like i said i it just it just accumulated that way because of the simple fact that i'm always in the studio and i'm always trying to make better music always yeah. like there's not a i mean of course there's a certain day or two that i get to relax but other than that i'm like i'm like a tiger back you know yeah. back at it yeah, you know, uh, a couple of my uh, rapping buddies, and, and like I said, I won't mention their names, but they've had records out there. A lot of times they've told me the reason why they've never released anything is because they ran into a writer's block mm. and they just weren't, yeah. it just wasn't coming. Yeah. You ever run into that? That'll happen to me for like 10 minutes and after that I'm back to work, <laughs> you know? That was probably more like a I just go fart. smoke a cigarette, yeah, smoke a cigarette, smoke some weed, and I'm back, I'm ready to go, you know? Wow. I got to really not be, really not feeling the atmosphere to not be able to work music. And sometimes it could be in, it could be in the kitchen at my house with the mic on the table with the, you know, set up on my, in my kitchen. And yeah. I made, I made hits 
off of the kitchen table, you know? Right. It's, it's crazy. Now, now, as a rapper, do you need the beat to write? Um, I can write without it, but most of the time I like to write to the beat. I like to have the beat playing. And uh, sometimes, you know, I, I've been in the studio with producers where they're producing the beat for me and I'm like done with the song at the same time that they're done making the beat. Yeah. You know, like it's it's, it's crazy. It's 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 just an, that adrenaline. Okay. You know? Now, uh, let me ask you another question. Do you have any ghostwriters? Never. Never, just you. Just me. I mean, of course, we all put our input in sometimes, right. like on certain hooks and stuff like that, or, you know, stuff like that, but nobody's, like, never written anything right. for me, you know? Right. I, I meet a lot of rappers that come here, and they tell me they just won't mention the artist that they're writing for. Right. Well, I'm ghostwriting for so-and-so and so-and-so, right. and, and these guys are big names. Right. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, I'll be in the studio with them ghostwriting. Have you written any songs for anybody out there? Um, I've done songs for people. I've I've had people approach me and ask me how much would I charge them to ghost right or whatnot and i just never felt like i wanted to do it because i'm like man what i'm writing about is is myself like you 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 didn't live that like you didn't go through what you know yeah. i don't i don't i hardly know them as a person to be able to write about them you know what i mean like and and if they're coming to me asking hey can you ghost write basically they want you to write it because they can't write it right you know what i mean so it's like something that they want to make up because right. I won't be able to tell a story about you if I don't know you. You know right. what I mean? How can I do that? So right. I haven't actually ghostwritten for anyone. Um, I have written songs for people that have paid me that type. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I want a song about this, this, and this, and that. Okay. And I'll get it done like that. Right. You right. Know? But it's me rapping it. You know? Okay. Uh, uh, now, let me ask you a question that possibly nobody's ever asked you. It's a real simple one. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I just want to ask, are you having fun and doing what you're doing? I love it. That's dope, man. I love it. That's dope. The reason why I asked that is because uh, I did an interview, I want to say early last year, and somebody asked me a question. And I'll be honest with you, it kind of almost made me tear up. Right. Because he said, you know, there was a long time that nobody had heard of Tony A. What happened? And it was between 11 somewhere around there i just disappeared yeah. you know i wanted to raise my kids and right. you know taking the football practice or whatnot right and uh i paused for a while and i answered and i said because i fell out of love with music right. because i didn't feel that i was getting my fair share and at that time i felt that i was no longer having fun i felt that i was being ripped off i didn't know the business part that good and i kept saying what am i in it for Right. You know. That happens. Well. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad to hear that you're having fun. Uh, uh, I think that's a big part of hip-hop. You know, I like to tell my friends, when hip-hop first started, it was fun. Yeah. Then the business part c c gets in. And right. then everybody changes when money right. is, is being involved. You right. know. I mean, I remember being in the studio with guys and we were fucking broke. Right. But as soon as we started cutting out checks. Right. It changed. Huh? Everything changed, man. Yeah. And that's what made me sad because... Money never ever changed me. Yeah, right. I drove a nice Benz before. Yeah. yeah, I have my house. Yeah, I have my own studio. But I was still, I was still that same fucking Perfect. dude yeah, that ate let, couple noodles with you. Yeah, you, you know? can't let that change you. Right, you know what I mean? right. So you have the documentary possibly coming out this year. You have an EP that you don't have a date for. Uh, you have the uh, the the leaves. If I'm correct, the, yeah, yeah, the tobacco free yeah. hemp wraps. Been right. In there. What else, if anything, can people expect from you in the future? Um, like I said, we we got something going with um with this with this label that we're starting called Twerk World Records. Okay. That's um through Crazy Girls, which those are my people, and that that's another big thing that we should be looking forward to seeing. Okay. And um, 
you know, we got a we we got a new spot, a new studio, a new you know everything is is coming together and falling in place the way it should be. You know, that's good, man. That's good. Well, you know, as we come to a close, is there anything that you want to bring up? Anything that you want to share that possibly, uh, uh, you know, uh, that. How would you say you want the public to know about you as far as whether it be music, whether it be uh, maybe a clothing line, anything, right. anything that. Yeah, most definitely. Well, my, my main thing is to make sure that everybody out there, you know, takes their dreams and runs with them instead of just sitting back and just thinking, what if? Because what if is never going to get you where you're trying to be. And if you take that dream and run with it, I guarantee you that you can make it happen. That's basically what. I want to tell the people because that right there is something that, you know, was told to me as a kid growing up, like in juvenile halls and every, every, everywhere, everywhere I've been has been told to me and I never believed it until right. I started believing it. And right. now it's everything's coming together. That's, so, that's, that's awesome, man. And I, honestly, I wish you nothing but success. I wish you nothing but the best. And I, and I hope that everything you do is blessed, man, and, and blesses others. Cause I know you, like you said, you're going to wait for the right time. And, uh, when, when, uh, your, whatever you have coming out drops, people are going to love it. Cause you wait for the right time. You took your time and you did it right. Right. You know, I always tell everybody to pursue their dreams, but I, I also have to encourage them that, you know, if you're going to pursue your dream, please have talent to back up that dream because sometimes a, a, a dream is just not good enough. It's all it is. It's just a dream. Right. Have something to back it up and pursue it. You know, uh, uh, I backed up away from the music for a long time and I was never going to come back. But somebody told me time waits for no man. And it's true. I always, I always wanted to be involved with music, but I needed to learn the business a little bit more. Right. So I encourage people to learn the business. I came back, I did this documentary, I'm doing this podcast. And the reason why I'm doing this, for this simple reason, not only because I get to sit with people like you and conversate and be blessed by this conversation, but also because I don't want to be 70 years old one day in a fucking rocking chair. Still waiting and, for that. Yeah, and, and say <clears throat> to myself, I should have just took the chance. Right. I should have just took the chance and did it. So I'm glad you give those words of encouragement to people that are listening because I'm sure there's a lot of people thinking it'll never happen for me. Right. The train already passed. Right. Uh, nobody cares. Nobody's listening. Right. You know what? I even encourage people to do their own po podcast. I had people told me, why are you encouraging people to be, do your, their podcast? Just keep it. For, no, dude. Right. There's enough money and there's enough shine to for go everyone. Around. To go yes. around. Yeah, most yes, definitely. Man. So. Other than that, man, I just want to thank you very much for uh, you and your team that has come and allowed me uh, uh, to interview you and to be able to sit, sit sit here and chop it up with you. Like I said, and I can't wait to see your documentary because I'm a visual guy. So I, right. I want to see this, especially Esteban behind right, you. Right, right. You know, yeah, I want to see that and I want to see your story. I know you shared with me, but to see visuals. Right, th of course. Th that, that's going to be amazing. Put a picture behind it. I appreciate you guys having us as well and much, much most, respect. Most definitely. You know, so at this time, if you want to give any any shout outs, anything, uh, if you want to thank so-and-so, give a shout out to so-and-so, you can do all that now and then I'll give mine. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because I got so many people <laughs> rocking with me. It's like, I, I just want to give a shout out to everybody that's out there grinding, doing their thing. Uh, my family, of course, my people, like, you know, the people that I pretty much mentioned already throughout this whole interview, you know, much love, stay focused. Let's get it. 2020 is on. 2020 so uh first and foremost uh let me go ahead and thank my boy jen from fashion town 
Uh, uh, he's the one that hooked me up with the gear today. He's always blessing me. So, uh, Jen from Vachetown, much love, much respect. Go out there and get your gear for him. You want your Ben Davis, your Carsones, your, your, you know, <laughs> your flannels, your hats, everything. He's on, uh, Carson Street and Western in the city of Carson. Carson Street and Western. Jen, much love, much respect to my boy, John motherfucking Elkins. Without him, uh, this shit wouldn't be possible. To my boy Daniel DG Media Clips. I also want to thank my boy Misfit for coming through and supporting. Uh Shady for coming through. And your little big brother. Yeah. Your little big brother. Little much big love, time. much respect. Alex Cervantes and Alex's brother. Your girl, hello. Yeah. And uh your Peter Bill. Peter. Yeah. Much love, much respect. Brian, much love, much respect, and to my son who helps me promote this. That's so once sir. again, everybody, send in your video. Uh, 20, 30 seconds. Please don't send me a documentary, okay? Just send me a 20 to 30 second video clip at rodeoradio at gmail.com. I'm running out of CDs. Go ahead and get them. And once again, Badachi, nothing but the best. Much love, much respect, my brother. Thank, Thank you, you for being here you, and making all this possible. So Sunday, you're not going to want to miss my next guest. This guy is like the Mexican Barquets all in one. Ooh. Okay. Uh, some straight like old school funk shit. You're not going to want to miss it. Right. So we'll see you guys Sunday. Rodian Radio, episode 34. About in the building. Much love, much respect. Take us away, Johnny boy.